0: welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts. My name is Jeff. Joining me, as usual, the uh, other half of this uh, whole job. It's Mark A. Johnson. Mark, how you doing?
1: Hey, good to be here. Good to be talking baseball again.
0: Uh, I guess. I mean, <laughs>
1: well, yeah. I, mean, I know things are a little rough for Oakland fans
0: right now, but uh, jeez, uh, both on and up. off the field, huh? <laughs> Yeah, I'm still watching them. I, I still Good. watch a portion of the game each uh, each night. Uh, it just, you know, comes a point usually Or <laughs> <where> that halfway <laughs> through I can't take it anymore. Well, enough of that. Yeah, <laughs> one of those things. Yeah. But uh, yeah, let's talk about some. Let's talk about some regular baseball. Let's let's okay. uh, see if I can get cheered up a little bit here. But to, to do that, Mark, first of all, we got to get into our uh, BP segment because. Uh, you know we want to be prepared so let's uh, let's get out there and stretch uh, i saw a really interesting graphic uh, about ejection rates by managers so okay. we all we all know bobby cox holds the major league record with 162 ejections he managed for literally 6 decades i <laughs> mean he managed a lot <laughs> uh nearly 500 games uh so i was looking at some of the other names here on this uh on this graph that have a high ejection rate more than just sheer number of ejections so like bobby cox is near a 0.04 game every 0.04 games he's ejected was earl weaver pretty much at the same uh, the same level almost half as many games though managed as Bobby Cox <laughs> but uh,
1: <laughs> yeah Earl was a little bit of a fiery guy
0: yeah yeah he definitely was Leo uh, derocher is is more just south of the point zero three mark so uh, you know he's he got ejected quite a bit uh, I was looking for active umpire or active umpires I was looking for active managers though the two active umpires, Managers with the highest ejection rate, both of which are higher than Earl Weaver or Bobby Cox. First of all, David Bell. No kidding. And then this one shouldn't come as that big a surprise because I think he's been tossed every other game so far this year is Aaron Boone. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Aaron likes to get into it a little. Boy, he has not had a uh, a fun year with the
1: umpires. <laughs> no, it's been it's been interesting to watch though.
0: Yeah, so what was really interesting about this whole map though is that uh, I see down there at the very bottom with the lowest ejection rate. Not it, not the lowest ejection rate ever. That would go to Frank Seely, who who managed twenty one hundred and eighty games and was never ejected. Wow! Wow! Never ejected, but next in line, having managed seven thousand seven hundred and fifty-five games, is none other than our our favorite Cornelius Cornelius McGillicuddy Mac.
1: Ah, uh, Connie Mac. Yes, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, so he was ejected a single time. That whole time, it's wow. seventy-seven hundred fifty-five career games managed. Some of those came as a player manager. In which case, uh, this is when he was ejected. He was the player manager on the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1895, the one time he was ejected. So he wasn't even wearing a suit and a bow tie and a bowler cap when he was ejected. Right. But uh, this is the, the the story behind his one ejection. Is After being thrown out of the game, Connie refused to leave the field. So the umpire <laughs> asked a New York City policeman to remove him, but Max shook him off and didn't leave until a cadre, that's a word I'm putting in there, I don't know how many nice. of officers arrived on the scene and ushered him off the playing field. So he didn't leave without a fight. <laughs> the one injection he got his money's worth is are yeah. saying. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when the cops are going to come in. <laughs> like you see that in wrestling a lot, right, you know, all yes. these these cops. I'm doing the air quotes are arresting somebody in the in the ring. No, this right. is real though. I I was half expecting the cops to say, "No, <laughs> we're gonna no, we're gonna let him do it." So, it's Connie Mack. He's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so there it is. One uh, one whole ejection for Connie Mack. Uh, Mark, I am playing. Uh, I play quite often the the MLB the show on. I guess I play it on uh, on PlayStation. I don't think you play this game, do you? I I don't really play video games, no. Yeah, well, uh, you can collect players, you know, older, older players. Uh, they did a great thing with the Negro Leagues this year. I'm kind of disappointed they didn't expand on it uh, here recently. But Jim Palmer, I've got him in my starting rotation on my Dynasty team. And uh, they get got this thing where they're going by their nicknames on some of these cards. So I have a Jim Palmer. He goes by Cakes, which is Cakes. His, his nickname. Cakes. All right. Yeah, because he liked to eat pancakes on the days he pitched. And baseball players are so original that they named him Cakes, nicknamed him Cakes. <laughs> so. Nice. Okay. So, you know, Wade Boggs, chicken man, because he ate chicken every day. That's right. Being, it's a good thing that uh, nobody uh, admitted to, to really liking to eat Spotted Dick all the time because that would make for a very unique nickname. Gosh. I actually, I actually bought a, a canned
1: uh, version of Spotted Dick once just because I like the name of it. And it's still in your cupboard? It still is, along with my haggis.
0: <laughs> and that <laughs> chicken in a can. Ooh, they stuffed the whole chicken. Canned chicken. chicken. In? Yeah. Well, I, some other interesting things I was reading about Jim Palmer is that uh, Jim Palmer, the only pitcher to win World Series games in three different decades. Oh, wow. Now I have to assume that's still true. I mean, we're, yeah. we're kind of in the beginning of another decade. So I don't know, maybe somebody's this article needs to be updated. I'm not sure. But uh, he also never allowed a grand slam or back to back home runs in his entire career. Oh, wow. Which is pretty impressive. Really? Yeah. So in That's 1967, amazing. this is A baseball. It's Rochester against Buffalo. This is where Palmer gave up the only grand slam of his professional career, and that was to Johnny Bench.
1: Well, yeah, you can't really, you know, say too much negative about no. that. At least he gave it up to one of the
0: true greats. Yeah. And Johnny Bench also on my Diamond Dynasty team. So no, lucky. Yeah, it's good there. But, you know, I, at least he he gave up the 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 grand slam to a future Hall of Famer and didn't have to, you know, nail him in a uh old-timers game afterwards. <laughs> no Pete Lecoq action going on there.
1: Yeah, I, I had the pleasure of chatting with uh Mr. Palmer once and and just a friendly nice guy. He just loves to talk baseball, so it's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, so we've we've gotten the uh, Pete Lecock. And the uh, Spotted Dick out of the way early here <laughs> in this show. So that's good. Good. We can, we can now do this the rest of the show without worrying about that. Yeah, now we can just get on with the, the regular show the rest of the way. Uh, so I've been watching, uh, as I've said all year, I've been watching a lot of uh, college baseball and college softball. The tournaments uh, have been going on for the last two weeks. The uh, Softball World Series starts this week. And the Men's World Series, I think, starts starts uh in two weeks i think they've got super regionals coming up this month uh, i've seen a lot of uh, especially in softball i've seen a lot of names that are very familiar uh, i was watching yeah. a cal game and i saw the name Aliyah agbayani ah i i know that name i know that name too uh that uh, she's the daughter of benny agbayani very nice i i love benny agbayani i remember I remember him mainly as a met i think he played a couple of mm-hmm. other teams, but uh, from Hawaii, one of the few players from Hawaii uh, also saw this one. Uh, I saw her play for three games because it was against uh, the University of Utah, who I was watching them. Uh, A.J. Murphy. She is really good. Like she I mean, you can just tell without seeing her do anything that she is. Uh, she's very good at softball, but she is uh, incredible. The granddaughter of Dwayne Murphy.
1: Okay, okay.
0: So not just the daughter, but the granddaughter of Dwayne Murphy. So I thought that was pretty cool, too. Uh, two players who I, I like, and their they're, uh, family is uh, playing in some NCAA tournament games. Also, I was watching the SEC baseball tournament, and uh, on their big screen, not their Jumbotron. They didn't call it the Jumbotron, thankfully, <laughs> but uh, on their big screen for their headshots, they had their headshots for each of these players put into baseball cards, specifically 1988 Topps baseball cards. Wow, really? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I could catch glimpses of that big screen out there while I was watching it, and that amused me to no end to see them do that. So, congratulations, congratulations. to somebody being, you know, pretty, uh, pretty creative out there. <laughs> All right, Mark. This show is debuting May thirty first. I've got a couple of uh, a couple of uh, guys that made their debuts. Not a whole lot going on today. Uh, back in nineteen seventy three, Brian Downing made his debut. Uh, Downing leads the league in shirtless appearances on the Jeffersons. So, <laughs> yes, I remember looking that up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we still have our crack research staff on this, uh, but I have been told that Brian Downing might also have been on an episode of Different Strokes. This is new really? news to me, so we're uh, we're trying to, to work that out. I am starting my Different Strokes rewatch podcast, though, so uh, if, oh, I'll, I'll I'll tell you uh, if I run across Brian Downing. But just a, a, a heads up: we're not going to talk about the episodes that that stupid little redhead kid shows up (laughs) yeah no those gotta go yeah if that show hadn't already jumped the shark by then that was certainly the moment but
1: right right brian downing um lifetime 370 on baseball
0: i just uh, he's a weird guy for when he played just a big guy lifted weights uh led off and stole bases and walked he did. <laughs> he just. it didn't look like the the prototypical leadoff batter, but did uh, did those kind of things. Uh, also making his debut today in 1988, you'll know this name. Mark Todd Burns made his hey, debut. Hey. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, also back in 1989, Dion Sanders made his Prime debut. Time. Yeah, coach Coach Prime, I guess, is uh, what he goes by now. <laughs> um, I wanted to look back beyond some debuts. This has been kind of a weird day in uh, in baseball history, May 31st. First of all, back in 1996, uh, if you watched baseball at the time, you'll remember Albert Bell breaking a, a double play in Milwaukee and breaking Fernando Vina's nose while doing it by sending a forearm, just like shiver, like Brian Bosworth kind of. Ouch. Stuff. Although I guess Brian Bosworth is a defensive player, so what do I know? But uh, let's see. Also, uh, 1948, a left-hander from Schenectady, which was in the Canadian American League, struck out 25 batters in a 15-inning game. That pitcher's name? Tommy Lasorda. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, we talk. We, I mean, we did a whole episode on Tommy, but mainly, you yeah. know, not a whole lot about his playing career, but pretty good game that he had. Yeah, right? He had the
1: longest playing career.
0: No, but uh, he had a definite highlight there. Uh, I did sure. want to mention this also. Some really big names played their final game of their career today, including Ken Griffey Jr. You might wow. have heard of him. Juan Gonzalez, Juan Gant, Glenn Allen Hill. Played his final game today. Marlon Bird. I mean, none of these are as big as Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, Mike Matheny and the Grim Reaper, Jason Grimsley. That's cool. Oh, and Matt Williams. How about that? Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, uh, now, this, is, this had to have been done on purpose, because I mentioned Ken Griffey Jr. played his final game in 2010 uh, on the 31st. Uh, Ken Griffey Sr. played his final game in 91 on the 31st. Whoa, that had to have been done on purpose, right? You would think yeah yeah, that had to have been. all right well, we'll we'll say it was for sure then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, you heard it here folks. All right, so those are your uh, those are debuts and a couple of odd things that happened on today may 31st throughout baseball history. All right, Mark, let's uh, let the ground screw come out and do their stuff. Mark, I got something I want to talk about today. Okay. Uh, this was literally from like a three-sentence story I found. Uh, I managed to find enough to make it a whole, uh, whole topic today that hopefully will be entertaining. Uh, so, Mark, if you will, let's go back to the year 1913.
1: Let's a, do that. Way a, back machine.
0: A young Mark A. Johnston, high on his 30th year of life, finds <laughs> himself in Zanesville, Ohio where the mighty New York Giants are in town to take on the Local Nine in an exhibition game. Mark, I got to ask you, what were you doing in Zanesville, Ohio in 1913?
1: Yeah, I was, uh, at that point, I was in computer sales, but nobody knew what they were.
0: (laughs) Or, that's a good answer, but or, you may have been there because the greater Zanesville area had an abundance of unique clay and silica deposits, originally discovered in 1820, that led Zanesville... To becoming home to many pottery companies. Oh.
1: Yeah, I was not real good at pottery. I even took a class on it in college, mm. and uh, yeah, it didn't work so good. My stuff kept blowing up in the kiln. I'm not sure what that means.
0: Mm. Well, you know, I mean, we haven't talked about pottery a lot on this no. podcast for a while. Maybe we should keep it that way. Oh, okay. that's a good idea. All okay. Right, yeah, let's stick to baseball. So Zanesville had a history of minor league baseball leading up to this game, starting way back in 1887 with the Zanesville Kickapoos, who <laughs> were members of the original Ohio State League. Now, Mark, a Kickapoo to me sounds like a kind of hypoallergenic dog that uh, people will <laughs> refer to by the breed name instead of just saying, you know, it's an all-American dog or a mutt. But... This is not what a Kickapoo is. A Kickapoo are the people who are Algonquin-speaking Native Americans and indigenous Mexican tribes who originated in the region south of the Great Lakes. Oh, okay. Uh, the Poos, as I'm sure that they were nicknamed, mm-hmm. played for 22 seasons. Also going by the Zanesville Clay Diggers and the Zanesville Moguls before being replaced by the Zanesville infants in 1909 but you can only be called the infants for a certain amount of time right that makes total sense yeah you kind of grow out of it so the team went on a vision quest to determine its real new name Uh, but in the interim they were just you know called the infants and okay i wonder if they ever if anybody ever said you got to see the infants you got to see the baby
1: you gotta come see the baby. The baby.
0: So, remember that pottery that Zanesville was famous for and all that unique dirt and mud I talked about earlier? Yes. Well, that all leads up to what is a great new name for the team, the Potters. The Potters, okay. Also seems like they're pretty well set up for a Harry Potter theme night every season as yeah. well, no? Yeah,
1: maybe, maybe, maybe they were going for that.
0: Yeah, so now they are the Zanesville Potters. Zanesville, Ohio, by the way, hometown of uh, former major leaguers and Oakland Athletics, both of them, Kirk Abbott and Jay Payton. Okay. Uh, the biggest name to ever play for any of these Zanesville baseball teams would probably be Sad Sam Jones, who in actuality wasn't sad. He just wore his cap down low on his head, so a local sports writer said he looked sad and it stuck. But there are, in fact, <laughs> numerous pictures of Sad Sam that you can find where he is smiling and and seemingly enjoying life. He's happy. Well, that's good to know. I was worried about that guy. Yeah, I was too. His mental health is important to us. Uh, Sam Sad, by the way, won three World Series titles with the Red Sox and Yankees during his 22-year career in the big leagues. So, went on from Zanesville to bigger things. Yes, for sure. So, tragedy struck Zanesville in 1912. A deadly tornado hit the town in June. The Potters finished the season in eleventh place out of twelve teams, losing out to the Akron Rubbermen, the Canton Statesmen, and the Youngstown Steelmen. So,
1: yeah, a lot of people lost to them, uh, lost yeah. out on those.
0: Yeah, it, it's, again, it's just a thing of hey, what's something we do in this town, and That's then right. add men on the end of it.
1: <laughs> so, That's right. What and, would Tacoma be? What would we Schindman?
0: be? The Shipmen. Yeah, Portman. 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 yeah there we go uh let's see preparing for the next season after a tough finish in a deadly tornado the uh, Muskegum River not Muskegon but the Muskegon Mus, musk how about it's something with musk and it's not Muskegon uh, yeah. well that river flooded in March and it left most of the town 27 feet underwater. Okay, that's a real flood. That is a real flood. Three hundred and sixty-one people lost their lives oof, to this oof. flood. To this flood, uh, baseball would be played in Zanesville this year, though. And to commemorate those lost in the flood, the team changed their name from the Potters to the Zanesville Flood Sufferers. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. Now, yeah. I, well, again, that fits into your. You know, this happened in this town.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Now, I was not sure that sufferers was a word, but I looked it up and it is.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. The sufferers. The flood sufferers. Yeah. So, what the heck led me to do a story about the Zanesville Potters flood sufferers? Uh, well, of course, it's Fred Merkel. Uh, Oh, well, there you go. So we've covered his bonehead play against the Cubs in 1908. We've even talked about his career because he actually had a pretty good career despite being known really only for that one play, kind of like a, a Bill Buckner, a real good baseball player with a long career, but will forever be known for that one play in the 1986 World Series. But Mark, maybe you were in Zanesville to watch this exhibition game as well as to get some pottery is what I'm thinking now.
1: Uh, you know, whenever there's a ball game,
0: yeah, you're I, there. Find it Yeah, I'm wondering, was this maybe an exhibition game also to help raise money to rebuild from the flood and help the uh, sufferers? Yes, and help them to not suffer as much. Could have been. I don't know. I didn't say yeah. in this three sentence article that I found. So, <laughs> uh, what makes this game unique though, and what made me want to talk about it is this. So, in the eighth inning, the Giants trailing the sufferers run Uh, umpire frank newhouse called a batter safe at first it was a close play fred merkel not happy that this ruling went against his giants Uh, so fred merkel was not happy about this so he took to uh got an argument with uh, the umpire so he and newhouse got into an earl weaver type situation here where merkel was really letting newhouse have it newhouse finally had enough took his umpire's mask off and pounded merkel over the head with it So much so that it drew blood from a gash on uh, Merkel's head that was new from this. uh, Is it me or did people hit each other a lot more back then? Uh, Well, I don't know, because, you know, with cell phones, now you catch everything.
1: But I mean,
0: you you realize I mean, you don't see Bigfoot sightings as much anymore now that people have cell phones. Right. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, so uh, so he hit him over the head with a, his mask a couple of times, and then ejected him from the game. Wow, <laughs> adding insult to injury. He wanted to get Barely. it in the official book, I guess, before he ejected. Him. Oh. Uh, Merkel was rightfully upset, uh, one for being assaulted, but also being made to bleed his own blood. So he refused to go. He said, "Nope." Just like Connie Mack. <laughs> he yeah, said, nope. Not going. Uh, so Nuhu said, fine. If you don't want to leave, I will. So he called the game a forfeit. Nine-nothing win for the home team. And he <laughs> takes off. <laughs> the umpire is just like, I'm out. So Marty Hogan, the manager of the flood sufferers, says, hold up. We've still got a full house here. Mark A. Johnston is in the stands, believe it or not. We've still got some baseball to play. So the Zanesville manager umped the rest of the game, witnessing the Giants score two runs in the top of the ninth to put them ahead and eventually win the game five to four. So oh, that's a game in. that's good. Yeah. So to pile on an already rough year for Zanesville, the flood sufferers folded in early July, oh, uh, f- followed by the rest of the league just a week later. Uh, they closed up shop entirely, leaving the Erie Sailors with a ten and a half game lead over the second place Akron Giants, only to be lost to history, just like the nineteen ninety four Expos. Bummer. what could have been for the flood sufferers? Uh, well, they had a champion of flood sufferers, and the and the Sailors, of course, they were actually yes. the winning team. Uh, Zanesville again hosted minor league baseball. From the 1930s through the 1950s, like the, uh, and they had uh, clubs like the Zanesville Grays, the Cubs, the Dodgers, and the Indians. But no, the the sufferers' legacy (laughs) ended there after just two months. And Fred Merkel. So, right. I got to give you credit,
1: man. I ain't never heard of no Zanesville and no flood sufferers.
0: No, but I got to find out what their hats look like. Yeah, get a flood sufferer hat. Uh, is it somebody suffering? I hope not. Like somebody yeah. stuck on a roof with the water up to the roof, and they're clinging to the to the chimney while while they're hungry. I don't know what level of suffering they really want to portray here. We shouldn't be. I mean, three hundred sixty-one people did die. It's not yeah. that, that funny, but it is. <laughs> it's, I think. I mean, it might be a little too soon still, but we'll. We'll just make fun Seriously. of the name. We'll Seriously. make fun of the name. All right. So there you have it. The uh, the history of baseball in Zanesville, Ohio. And Ponder Nice. Now we got to have somebody listen
1: to the show near Zanesville, right?
0: Well, I'm sure we've got several that are in Zanesville. I mean, oh, sure. The fingers yeah. of this show reach the long tendrils of two-strike noise. Yeah, you can't really escape them. Alright, so let's uh, let's move on from the main segment. Let's get into the final part of the show. It's the uh, segment that we like to call, and so we will continue to do so until we are forced uh, to legally change it from uh, what is it called? Uh, oh yeah, Wax Pack Heroes. Oh, yeah. Wax Pack Gotta pull the
1: wax! Stars,
0: in the stars. Stars. The tonight. All right, Mark. Before we get underway, some uh, some this might be ground shaking news. Okay, I have uh, we're recording this show on a new uh, new server for myself. I get a new computer, new setup here. First show we're recording on that. My text document with the current score is uh, missing. Oh, uh, I believe I am up one. I don't know. We'll go, but I'll have to go. But what this is going to force me to do is go back and listen to last week's show. Ugh. Or no, actually, oh, the show before that, because we had a guest last week. Oh, that's right. So, yeah, it's like. I mean I gotta I gotta record this and then I gotta edit it. Now I gotta go back and listen again. <laughs> I much. know you're up one. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm up one. I remember I just destroyed you last week. Like it was it was it, ugly. It was ugly. I had I had the, our general manager pitching at the end of the game. I mean, it was it was uh, out of control. Um, but let's move on with it. We'll uh, just know that I'm up one. It's like five to four. It's early in the season, uh, something like that. But let's uh, go ahead and get started with today. If you're new here, let's go over the rules really quick. We're going to open up a couple of packs of baseball cards uh, from the Wax Packs era, usually. Not today. Today of 2003, but you get the idea. Uh, what we're going to do, we're going to uh, go through those cards, we're going to keep score. Mark is uh, one team, I'm the other. We're going to take the baseball reference War of the Year of the Cards, in this case 2003, and we'll add those up. But there are a couple of additional things that can subtract or add your total, if there is anything on these players' faces, I mean glasses, flip-down glasses, mustaches, eye black, teardrop tattoos, anything like that, you're gonna get an extra tenth of a point for each of those. If they're wearing real stirrups that we can see actual sanitary socks underneath, that's an extra tenth of a point as well. But it's gonna be a minus tenth if they're two and ones because we don't uh, we don't care for that so much. Uh, awards: If they won the Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, were an All Star, or won a Gold Glove that season half a point extra. If there is a Hall of Famer on the card, whether the focus or not, that's going to be an extra point of war for uh, the holder of the card as well. If Ricky Henderson or Nolan Ryan, again, Nolan Ryan retired Uh, before 2003 so this could really only go my way if Ricky Henderson shows up in either pack I'm going to get an extra 5 points because Ricky rules Uh, if the uh, player appears in the Mitchell Report or was suspended for PEDs at any point in their career playing career uh, that's a minus half point right off the bat because we don't like that Uh, if they appeared in any pop culture TV, movies, anything like that they're going to get a half a point of war unless They appeared in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, The Simpsons, or Seinfeld, in which case they will get a whole extra point of war for that. And then, Mark, you and I, we're each going to pick a team. And uh, much like Ricky Henderson and Nolan Ryan, my team shows up anywhere, I get a half a point. Your team shows up anywhere, you get the half a point. Who are you going to go with this week?
1: I'm going to go, I don't think I've ever taken the Marlins.
0: I don't think you have. I don't think I've ever yeah. taken the Rockies. How about that? Yeah,
1: there you go. And 03 was uh, the Marlins World Series Championship. So I'm going to go with the Marlins.
0: All right. Well, Kurt Abbott, you know, who made his debut today, uh, was on that team. So That's right. At least one of them. I think he was on that one. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> he must have been. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> All Good right. So you're going to go with the Marlins. I'm going to go with the Rockies. Let's go ahead and open up these uh, 2003 tops and see what we get. Uh, all right, so I've got cards here in my uh, right hand and my left hand. Mark, which one would you like? Going left. You're going left. All right, I'm going to have you go first. Uh, this is, could be good. I can see here on the uh, the top card here is a pitcher for the Chicago Cubs, Kerry Wood. Oh, yes, Kerry Wood. He was quite the pitcher. Yeah, also uh, found a dead body while uh, paddleboarding. Covered that uh, rookie of the year, two time all star. Let's see in 2003. Good news for you, all star year. Yeah, yeah, Uh Overall, went 14 and 11 with a 3.2 ERA. He had four complete games, 211 innings pitched, led the league with 266 strikeouts, and also led the league with 21 hit batters. Oh, good for him. Yeah, 21 yeah.
1: that's a bundle.
0: Yeah, led the league the year before with 16 as well. So, <laughs> wow, that was his plate. You are going to have to, or you're going to have to earn it. Uh, let's see, a 136 ERA plus for the year. And let's see, wow, 6.1 war. Uh, plus he's an all-star, so that'll be 6.6. Uh, he's wearing those pants all the way down, so nothing else is going to help you here. But uh, I mean, a 6.6 to start out is pretty good. Nah, I can live with that. First round pick, fourth overall by the Cubs in 1995. We mentioned Rookie of the Year, Big rookie year. Had a uh, 20 strikeout, one hit shutout against the Houston Astros.
1: Yeah, not a bad uh, not a bad day that day. As a rookie. That yeah. That is uh, 20 years old, I think.
0: Well, I mean, we've talked about the rest of this stuff. We talked about him finding a uh, floating corpse and his uh, his bowling tournament. So yes. we've, we've had Kerry Wood enough that uh, he did good for you. 6.6. six. All I right. take it. Next, we get a uh, third baseman for the Padres. I believe he also, uh, this guy appeared in the Little League World Series. I think he won it. It's Sean Burroughs. I think you're right. Let's see. Sean Burroughs' first round draft pick by the San Diego Padres, 1998. Overall, he had seven years in the big leagues, four of it with the Padres, and then one for a bunch of other teams. In 2003, his first full year in the big leagues, hit 286, 352 on base, seven home runs, 58s uh, 58 rbi seven stolen bases a 105 ops plus and a 2.0 war he has got some high pants here but he's just got solid socks on underneath which is disappointing so that will just be a 2.0 for you i'll take 2.0 from burrows yeah not too bad uh member of the mariners at one point apparently i don't remember just that. in the minors i believe ah. wow
1: well, from 2007 through 2010 He was out of baseball or in the minors.
0: Yeah, it looks like he came back on, you know, he tried out several years with other teams and just never made it back to the big leagues.
1: Yeah, until 2011. That's impressive.
0: All right. uh, So you're at 8.6. Oh, you got a manager card. Oh, okay. You got a manager card of somebody we've already mentioned in this podcast.
1: Tommy Lasorda?
0: It's not Tommy Lasorda. In 2003. (laughs) No, it was not Tommy. (laughs) Nor was it Connie Mack. Uh, It's uh, it's Bobby Cox. Oh, there you go. Can't really give you any points here. Well, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get a tenth of a point because he's wearing real stirrups. There you go, Bobby. Bobby. This is during BP. He's got a glove on. He's in the infield. Uh, Let's see. Bobby Cox, though. Uh, we mentioned the uh, we mentioned all the ejections. Let's see. Overall, twenty nine years he managed. Overall, with a record of two thousand five hundred four wins, two thousand and one losses. Four time manager of the year. Won the World Series one time with uh, Atlanta in nineteen ninety five. And about a million pennants. And he's in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, Bobby. Uh... Is uh, quite a well-known and uh, successful manager. Let's just put it that way.
0: All right. So, uh, Bobby gave you a tenth of a point. You're at eight point seven. Next, we have got with the Milwaukee Brewers pitcher Nick Newbauer. Okay. Yeah, I'm not familiar here with uh, Nick
1: Newbauer. Okay. Let's see what we can find.
0: Two years in the big leagues. None of it in 2003 for you, unfortunately. Nope. Oh, and here the phonetic spelling is nugabauer Okay. Yeah, I was uh, not aware of that. Uh, let's see. Overall, he was a pitcher. Uh, let's see. Oh, <laughs> in two thousand and two, he went one and seven with a four point seven two ERA. I mean, those Brewers were awful. They were fifty six and one hundred six that year. So, not like Ugh. he had a whole lot to work with. But uh, better than the Tigers that year. Uh, yeah, better than the A's this year. Uh, overall, <laughs> for a career, he has a 0.0 war. So Okay, it's not a negative. Yeah, and uh, he can say that he played big league baseball. That's right. Okay, uh, next for the New York Yankees. I think I we've had him before, and I remember him for the Twins more. Ron Coomer. Sure, Coom. Unfortunate last nickname for uh, internet slang these days, but... <laughs> i doubt many people listening to this podcast need to worry about that uh let's see overall ron coomer nine years in the big leagues uh originally drafted by the a's never played for them uh minnesota of those nine years six years in minnesota 2003 was his final that was with the dodgers 69 games 240 batting average 299 on base Four home runs, 15 RBI, and a war of 0.3. Another non-negative. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He's in the Yankees uh, uniform here, so no facial hair, and uh, nothing's going to help you out there. So that'll just be a 0.3. All right. So we have uh, we mentioned Ron doing some work on the Cubs broadcast. Um, let's go to your next card. And, oh, you're going to like it. It's a Marlin. Hey, there you go. Congratulations. It's a record breaker card. It is for Luis Castillo. He hit 334 and was the Marlins batting average season leader. Very um, nice. Record breaker. I don't know. Is that just record breaking for the club? <laughs> I, I, I believe people have hit better than 334 in a season. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll double, double Luis check is
1: from Luis is it's from true.
0: San Pedro de Macari like everyone else. Uh, Now, obviously, this is not Luis Castillo, the pitcher. This is Luis Castillo. And, uh, you know, San Pedro de Macri, you can't walk off the island.
1: (laughs) You can't walk
0: off the island. You cannot walk off the island. Although, you know, Luis, for a a, uh, leadoff batter, he walked a good bit. Uh, yeah. you know, usually about the same amount as he struck out for his career. Eight hundred walks, eight hundred and fifty strikeouts. Career three sixty eight on base. So that's good, not bad. Yeah, uh, good news for you. Beyond being a Marlin, he was an All Star this year as well, and won a Gold Glove. So you're Come racking on. up the points here. He hit three fourteen overall, three eighty one on base. Uh, let's see, six home runs, thirty nine RBI, twenty one stolen bases, a one oh six OPS plus and let's see so that's a 4.4 let's see you get the uh, all-star and gold gloves that'll be a 5.4 he's a marlin so that will be a 5.9 he does have eye black on here so that'll be a 6.0 wow uh i think i got everything for you there right yeah i believe so all right so that'll jump you up to 15 right off the bat there before we even look to see what uh pop culture references which I'm sure there are many he has oh he was the one that hit the foul ball in uh, in 2003 that uh, Steve Bartman then oh hit. really yeah mm, uh, yes you know? so normally we don't bring up charges and, and kind of laws. Stuff involved with the law, but in 2019, Luis was cited on charges related to drug trafficking and money laundering, while mm. Octavio Dotel was arrested on related charges as well. So I'm assuming that they were together, not just they didn't just stick this <laughs> in here. They were running that...
1: competing uh, competing businesses. Oh
0: yeah! Wow, it's like the the who did Dotel pitch for the most? I know he pitched for the A's, Blue Jays. I think he pitched for the Marlins. Or maybe this was a Marlins thing. I don't know. Maybe the Marlins no. are making extra money on the side. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, next, we've got pitcher for the Giants, Russ Ortiz. I kind of remember Russ Ortiz. All right, let's see. Uh, Russ Ortiz played 12 years in the big leagues, six of it with the Giants, two with the D-backs, two with Atlanta, and then one with a bunch of other people. In 2003, good news for you, his lone all-star year. Wow. <laughs> he went 21-7 and to lead the league in wins. 381 uh, ERA, 212 innings pitched, led the league in walks with 102, struck out 149, a 113 ERA+. Plus. And uh, all of that is good for a war of 2.2. Uh, let's see. Nothing on this card is going to help you out, but he was an all-star. So that will be a 2.7.
1: I'll take that.
0: Oh, let's see. In high school, he was teammate of future Major League designated hitter Brad Fulmer.
1: Wow. Well, there you go. It must have been a good team.
0: Yeah. Let's see, So the teammates faced off in the 2002 World Series. Fulmer was with the Angels at that point, and in game six, singled off Ortiz. Nice. Creator, co-owner of Second Guy Golf, a clothing company. 100% of proceeds go to charity. It ran for seven years, so. That's awesome. Good for him. All right, three cards left. Uh, All right, so this is, oh boy. (laughs) You're going to have a choice here. So you've got three people on this card. You're going to get a, a, a bonus point right off the bat because Derek Jeter is on this card and he's a Hall of Famer. This is a league leaders for American League runs scored. So you're going to get to pick from these three players for the year 2003. You've got Alfonso Soriano, A-Rod, or Derek Jeter.
1: Oof, Boy, that's a tough call because Jeter scored a lot of runs.
0: You're not trying to find the league leader in runs, you're trying to find who had the highest war that year. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a rod. (laughs) Okay, I would have gone with Soriano, but maybe this is past his little spurt. But a rod, yada yada. We're not gonna talk a lot about him. 22 years in the big leagues, 2003, all star year for Texas, led the league in runs scored and home runs, 118 RBI, hit 298, 396 on base, 600 slugging. Nice. Uh, 17 stolen bases, only caught three times, and that is good for a 147 OPS plus. Also, league MVP. So you're, yeah, you're going to get a lot of points here. Very nice. Uh, let's see. Overall, a WAR of 8.4. Now you get Ooh. the Jeter Hall of Fame, so that'll be 9.4. MVP and Gold Gloves, that'll be 10.4. All Star, so that'll be 10.9 and nothing else on this card is going to help you out. So a 10.9, I think, is more than enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll take uh, 10.9 any day of the week and twice on Sundays.
0: Your new favorite player. <laughs> yes, definitely. Let's just look for Alfonso Soriano. Let's see, in 2003, a 5.4 war, so half. Yeah. And then uh, Derek Jeter that year... A 3.6 war. Hmm. So you, you chose right. All right. You're down to two cards. You're at 28.6. Wow. Good, good pack so far. Uh, you've got an all, uh, the Sporting News All Star card outfielder for the Twins, Tori Hunter. And how could you not remember the great Tori Hunter? I remember him. I never really cared for him. Uh, I did say you didn't remember him. I was just <laughs> being. He always seemed never to mind. be a little too chippy for me. Uh, I mean, I remember him yelling at, at an A's pitcher in a playoff game for, for pitching inside. Like, I think it was yeah. Sunny Gray, too. He's like, come on, bro. Uh, let's see. 2003. Oh, well, first of all, Tory played for 19 years 12 with the Twins, 5 with the Angels, 2 with the Tigers. 2003 with the Twins, uh, hit 250, 312 on base, 26 home runs, 102 RBI, a 98 OPS plus. And that is good for a 3.8 war. Uh, he did win a gold glove that year, so that'll be 4.3.
1: He won nine straight, actually. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I guess you can pencil that in. I don't see anything <laughs> else there, though. So that will be a 4.3. Wow. Uh, first round pick by the Twins in 1993. Makes sense. He is the cousin of former Major League outfielder two Freeman. He says he thinks his mom spelled his name wrong on the paperwork after his birth and put an extra I. Really? <laughs> That's funny, actually. All right, so you're at 32.9. You have one card left. Uh, you're going to... Oh, geez, you got another league leader's card. Wow. <laughs> Last time you got one of these, it was worth 10 points. Uh, you've got quite a choice here. Uh, you've got Sammy Sosa, Albert Pujols, or Sean Green. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Let's go with Albert All right no Hall of Fame uh, no Hall of Fame bonus yet yet yes Cool. Yes. So obviously be in the Hall of Fame but uh, let's see Albert 22 years in baseball just retired uh, after last season 2003 his third season in the big leagues uh, he was an all-star. Uh, second in the MVP voting, led the league in run scored hits and doubles, as well as batting average at 359, a 439 wow. on base percentage. jeez uh, 43 home runs, 124 RBI, five stolen bases. Wow. He had double figures in stolen bases three times in his career. No kidding. And for his career, 117 stolen bases caught 43 times. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. Uh, Let's see. Overall, an 8.7 war. He was an all-star, so that will be a 9.2. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be it on this. (laughs) (laughs) 9.2. To go along with A-Rod, that's almost 20 points in two players. Yeah,
1: between them, yeah. All
0: right, so uh, that's a 42.1. I mean, this is a baseball history podcast, so 42, good. I got some stats I want
1: to throw out there real quick. Uh, it appears Pools, when he became an American citizen,
0: scored a perfect 100 on his citizenship test. Good for him. I think there's 192 points possible, though. Oh, oh, oh. Well, that's not
1: exactly a perfect 100. Then.
0: All right. So uh, let's see. You got 42.1. I have got my work cut out for me. That's a good score. 42? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to start out with a manager card. So that's, that's a great way to go. <laughs> I'm going to start out with Yankees manager, Joe Torre. So uh, he's got real stirrups, just like Bobby Cox. So that's all we got to do there. Point two. There to you me. go. All right. Now this guy is on our do not talk about list. So this one will be short and sweet. The I think the only player in Major League history to have the initials UUU. U, U. Because I believe his middle <laughs> name also starts with a U. It is uh, Ugeth Urbina here with the Red Sox. We'll make this quick because Ugi is, uh, I think he's yeah. in jail currently. Uh, let's see, 2003. He played for 11 years in the big leagues. Seven with Montreal, two with Boston, two with Detroit, and then one with a bunch of others. In 2003, he split time between Texas and Florida, went three and four with a 2.8 ERA, a 166 ERA+. Plus. And all of that together is, wow, that is worth a 3.7. Wow. Uh, let's see here. Nothing on this card, though, is going to help me out. So that'll just be a 3.7. Ugeth Urtain Urbina Villarreal is his full name. But uh, that's all we're getting
1: credits for originality on the U.
0: All right. So I'm at 3.8. Next, uh, he doesn't just, he looks weird in this uniform. Uh, and this is past his prime, unfortunately for me. Here with the Seattle Mariners, though, Ruben Sierra. I almost forgot he played for the Mariners. I did. If we did a name that tune style uh, Ruben Sierra rift, I would have not come up with the uh, the Mariners. Or the <laughs> yeah. Blue Jays. Or the White Sox. Or the Reds. Or the Twins. you're saying he moved around a little. 20 years in the big leagues, 10 with Texas, 5 with New York, 4 with the A's, and then a bunch of other teams I don't remember for one year. In 2003, he split time between the Rangers and the Yankees. Overall, he hit 273.27 uh, on base. Nine home runs, 43 RBI, a 93 OPS+. Plus. That is going to equal a .1 in the positive. Staying on the positive side. There you go. All right. uh, Next, we've got Oakland Athletic. Uh, We just talked about him a week or so ago. So we won't have to go too in-depth with David Justice. Just ice. We did determine last time when we had him, though, uh, we do get a half point for pop culture reference for David Justice. That's right. So I'll just add that right away. 14 years in the big leagues, eight with Atlanta, four with Cleveland, Two with the Yankees, one memorable Moneyball year with the A's. That was in 2002, unfortunately, and that was his last year. So no 2003 numbers for me for Justice. Overall, uh, for his career, 40.6. Wow. All right, next uh, we've got a uh, pitcher here for the Brewers. him with the Mets, Glendon Roosh. Rush? Roosh?
1: Rush or Roosh? Yeah, I don't know. Rush probably. Yeah, let's he go with that
0: S-C-H. Glendon big-time rush. Let's see. Overall, Glendon, 12 years in the big leagues, three with the Royals, the Mets, and the Cubs, two with the Rockies, the Brewers, and one with the Padres in 2003 with Milwaukee. Oh, I like this. He went 1-12 with a <laughs> 6.42 ERA. He started 19 games, appeared in 32, did have a save, A 67 ERA plus, and that's going to equal a minus 1.2 war. That's a pretty big negative. Yeah, nothing uh, on this card is going to help me out. Clearly taken in Maryville during spring training. Been to that stadium many times. Oh, look at that. He was involved in a trade that sent Benny Agbayani and Todd Zeal to the Rockies. There you go. Full circle again. Yeah. Look, I mean, we don't plan this out, but it pretty much works out every time. All right. Oh, wow. Well, you had Kerry Wood. I've got the other part of Chicago Heat. I've got Mark Pryor. Very nice. Let's see. Mark Pryor, only five years in the big leagues. Just too many arm problems. Yeah, he, he threw a lot of innings. Ah, oh, boy. It just is too bad because he, he was when he was good, he was really good. Yeah, Fortunately for me, 2003 was when he was really good. 18 and 6 with a 2.43 ERA. He was an all star that year. 211 innings pitched, 245 strikeouts, a league leading 2.47 FIP, and a 179 ERA plus. He was an all star and a 7.4 war. Wow. To lead baseball that year. (laughs) Wow. So. Let's see. He's got the real stirrups. That'll be seven point five, and he was an all star, so that will be an eight for me, which would be great. But I think you're so far out. In well, front. I
1: haven't run into a few league leaders.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see. Overall, drafted uh, in the first round by the Yankees in nineteen ninety eight, but did not sign. Then he was drafted second overall in the first round by the Cubs in two thousand and one.
1: Yeah, prior is a sad story because man. When he was on, he was completely
0: dominant. I mean, when he and Kerry Wood were on at the the same time. Yeah,
1: that was awesome. All
0: right, I'm at uh, 11.2. My next card, oh, this guy's uh, real great in the clubhouse, Carl Everett. (laughs) That's one way to put it. Not many people uh, have uh, had season-ending injuries while arguing with an umpire, but Carl Everett can say that he did. Let's see, nicknames C Rex and Jurassic Carl. Jurassic Carl. You uh, see, right. one he of is, these guys that didn't believe in dinosaurs. He didn't believe in dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, let's see, he was a member of the 2005 uh, Chicago White Sox that won the World Series before finishing up his career in Seattle in 2006. 2003, he split time between Texas and the White Sox. He was an all star that year. He hit 287, 366 on base, 28 home runs, 92 RBI. And all of that is going to lead to a 2.7 war, plus the All-Star. That will be a, what did I say, 2.7, 3.2. And he's got a mustache here, so that'll be a 3.3. Yeah, hey, you got something out of him. Most yeah. teams didn't. First round draft pick by the Yankees in 1990. Didn't hmm. sign. Wow, the Yankees had a hard time signing their first round draft picks around that time. I mean, prior. Right. He is definitely on the new do not talk about list uh, and question the validity of the Apollo moon landing. So, oh, my goodness. I mean, when you take off from a flat Earth, how are you going to land on the moon? Doesn't make sense. <laughs> All right. Uh, next, we've got uh, a guy. Uh, I think he played with the A's. I think we I think he was a fan favorite for the A's. Uh, here he is for the Tigers. Robert Fick. I, I honestly I can't say I remember Robert Fick. No, he's, he's, I'm getting him confused with somebody else. I remember, him. I remember he was in a brawl with the White Sox. And as he walked off the field, he flipped off the crowd, which did not go <laughs> over well. Uh, let's see. Overall, 10 years in the big leagues, five with Detroit, two with San Diego, two with the Nats, one with the Rays, one with Atlanta. In 2003 with Atlanta, 126 games hit 269, 335 on base, 11 home runs, eight RBI, 95 OPS plus plus. And that is good for a point six. He does have real stirrups on. And Eye Black, so that'll be a point eight.
1: Former child actor. Wow, an extra
0: on Cheers? Who's the Boston Webster? I think you get some pop culture points. Oh, and a Gatorade commercial. Yeah, I think that's going to... I'm going to have to give myself a half a point off that. And we're going to have to do a little Robert Fick IMDb. Yes, there you go. Uh, does not look like he's in here for anything other than baseball highlights Hmm. all right well rob i know you're listening to the show uh we need to get your imdb page uh you know beefed up a little bit here it says as trivia that you appeared in cheers who's the boss and webster but yet in your your credits there's nothing there i get maybe if he was an extra i guess you don't get
1: yeah, they sometimes list featured extras, but uh, an extra you can petition IMDb to be in it. But let's do it. Let's that. do it.
0: All right. I'm down to two cards. I'm at 15.8. Here we've got first baseman for the Red Sox wearing some good eye black, Brian Dabach. Brian Dabach. Oh, man. Is he one of those guys that made it to the Mariners eventually? (laughs) He sounds like it. No, he didn't. I don't think so. No, yeah. Only eight years in the big leagues. Five with Boston, one with the Mets, one with the Fish, one with the White Sox. 2003 with Chicago, 95 games, 230, average 352 on base. Six home runs, 21 RBI, 94 OPS plus. And that is good for a war of 0.2. Plus the eye black is 0.3, which is not really going to help me uh when you're sitting at 42.1 <laughs> yeah uh that will take me up to 16.1 with one card left you really need a huge year out yeah. of this guy and uh, i know you'll enjoy this uh this card i'm not so much because it's not gonna certainly help me but a uh, pitcher for the reds jose rio jose Rijo. Uh, let's see here for Jose Rio. Well, I mean, the the big news here is he retired after the 2002 season. Oops. <laughs> OK. <laughs> so, uh, overall, though, in his 14 uh, year career, 34.9 war. Member of the 1990 Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Whatever became of them, I don't know. Uh, of course, was traded by the Yankees for Ricky Henderson in 1984. He went with Tim Burtis, Jay Howell, Stan Javier, and Eric Plunk for Burt Bradley and some guy named Ricky Henderson.
1: Burt Bradley, bullpen
0: Burt? Is that uh, Burt Bradley? Uh, looks like he went to BYU, another BYU player, one year. Uh, appeared in six games in 1983 in relief 6.48 ERA.
1: He was the uh, pitching coach when I worked for the Tacoma Tigers. He, hilarious guy. We all called him Bullpen Bert.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, that's a that's good. I'm glad he got to the big leagues for more than just the six games in 1983.
1: He uh, he once told me that he cussed out George Steinbrenner, and that's why he got to, wasn't a Yankee for long.
0: <laughs> Did he do that as a player or as a coach? As a player. That is uh, probably not a smart thing to do. That's All a right.
1: CLM, career-limiting move.
0: <laughs> All right, so uh, looking at the big board here, I have uh, finished with 16.1. Which normally isn't a bad score. Which uh, I think you won this week about is, is by a bigger margin as I won the last time we played. Uh, that was quite a quite a pack of cards there. Yeah, you're 42.1, much higher than my 16.1. So I believe we are tied. Like I said, I'll go back and look at the exact scores uh, just to make sure that uh, we're, we're on the up and up here. But congratulations, Mark, uh, to your victory here in Wax Packs Heroes. That's going to wrap up this edition of Wax Packs Heroes. Also going to wrap up this edition of Two Strike Noise. We appreciate it. If you want more of us, you can find us anywhere just... Google at Two Strike Noise or look on social media for at Two Strike Noise. That is T-W-O Strike Noise. You can tell my dog is done. He's ready to go <laughs> with this <laughs> podcast. Uh, Mark, we've got an email address as well.
1: Yes, Two Strike Noise. Just like the uh, just like Jeff was saying, spell it out. T-W-O Strike Noise at gmail.com.
0: All right. Thank you, everybody, for joining us again. We'll see you next week when we do this once again on Two Strike Noise.
1: Thank you. God bless you.
0: Have a great day.